Heavenly Father, we come before you and we ask for your help to understand your commands and we ask for your help so that we would hasten to obey them. Oh Lord, we, sh- we fear that we would be ones who look at your word and then go away and forget what we have heard. Lord, we pray that this would not be the case, but instead we would be obedient servants of your word as a result of looking at it together here this morning. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, last week we picked up again in our series in John's Gospel, and we picked up at John chapter 9, and we looked at Jesus approaching this man who was born blind. And the disciples raised an issue with Jesus about the man and his blindness, and particularly whether a a sin had been caused by the man's parents or by the man himself that had led to him being born blind. They recognised that being born blind is an intense form of suffering for someone to experience, and so there must be a particular sin that the man had committed or that his parents had committed that had led to this happening. But instead, Jesus said that neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. And so we looked at the importance of God's glory being displayed in the midst of suffering. And now this week, I want to look at this man and what happens to him as Jesus shows his glory in his actions towards this man. Jesus has denied that the man has done some sort of serious sin, and instead... Jesus heals the man. Jesus makes some mud with some saliva. He spits on the ground. He makes some mud. He puts it on the man's eyes. Then he tells the man to go wash at a particular pool. And when the man washes, he can see for the first time. And we see that in verses 6 and 7. Verse 6 and 7 of John chapter 9, it says, Having said this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Now, this is a marvellous demonstration of Christ's power as the Messiah and his mercy and his grace to this man. But I think it's also very helpful for us today because it becomes an illustration for us of our own lives and our relationship with Jesus Christ. This whole this whole narrative here that we're given is really a metaphor for a spiritual awakening that Jesus does as well. Yes, he can open the man's eyes physically, but he also opens the eyes of people spiritually. And I know that this is what Jesus is doing by healing this man because Jesus himself pretty much says that in the lead-up to his miracle of healing the man's blindness. What does Jesus say immediately before he heals this man? Verse 5, John chapter 9, verse 5, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And then he goes and proceeds to open a man's eyes so that he can see clearly that light now shines into this man's life physically to demonstrate that Jesus is the light of the whole world, that he awakens people in spiritual darkness. So this man in John chapter 9 that is born blind is really an illustration for us of our own selves, particularly us as Christians and how Jesus has related to us. Because firstly, we understand that We are this blind man. We are all born blind. We may be able to see the things of this world physically, but we are all born blind spiritually. We are all born blind 
and unable to see Christ in all his glory. We're unable to see God in all his glory. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says, The God of this age, referring to Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. The God of this age, Satan, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So what can't we see if we're an unbeliever? If we're blind from birth, what can we not see? We cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. And also in verse 6, it says that we cannot see the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. What can't we see when we're born? We can't see the glory of God. We have no knowledge of his glory. We may be able to see something of the, the power of God in the creation around us, but we suppress that truth. We are blind to it. And we do not acknowledge him. And we do not see Christ and his glorious gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so unbelievers can have a real hatred towards God. They do not see him as he really is. Martin Luther, that great reformer uh, who did marvellous things for the Lord, he said that before he became a Christian, before he understood the light of the gospel in the glory of Christ, he said, I hated the righteous God who punishes sinners and secretly, if not blasphemously, certainly murmuring greatly, I was angry with God. When he considered God in all his righteousness and he considered how much of a sinner he was, he hated God. He did not see the glory of God. He was blind to it. And that is how we are. We're at different stages, yes, in our blindness, but we cannot see the glory of Christ. And so then what happens? Well, like this blind man was sitting there in his blindness, we are sitting there in our blindness until Jesus comes along and approaches us. That's what happens here in John chapter 9. The man is not approaching Jesus. Jesus approaches the man. A blind person doesn't know how to approach somebody else. It's very hard for them to do so. And it's the same for us. We are blind in our sin. We cannot see the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And so we do not approach God. Instead, God approaches us in Jesus Christ. Jesus comes up to this man and he approaches him and then helps the man. And that is what God has done for us as well. He approaches us. How does Christ approach us today? Well, it's in his word, by this book. That is how he approaches us. Or by the proclamation of one of his followers who proclaim the truths that are within this word. That is how God approaches us in our blindness. And then what happens? Well, like the blind man, Jesus sends us to go and wash in the pool called Sent. That is what he did for this man here. We see it in verse 7. After he approached the man, he's made some mud. He puts it on the man's eyes. And then in verse 7 he says, Go wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means Sent. Jesus approaches us and then tells us to do something. He tells us to go and wash, like he told this man to go and wash. But what is the scent pool that we are supposed to go to? What is the Siloam that we are supposed to go to and wash? Well, who is the one who was sent by God? 
Jesus Christ. Again and again in John's Gospel, Jesus tells us that he is sent by God. He is the pool. He is the one who is sent. And then we are sent to the sent one to wash in the pool that God has given us. How do we wash in Jesus? Well, one way that is proclaimed again and again in the Scriptures is to wash in his blood to wash in the blood of his death. If we wash in his blood, then we are able to see the knowledge of the glory of God in Christ Jesus. We are able to see the gospel, the good news, in its fullness there in Christ Jesus. How do we know that we're supposed to wash in his blood? Well, there's different parts of Scripture that proclaim that, but one that very clearly does so is in Revelation chapter 7. Turn with me now there. Revelation chapter 7, page 1,220 of your black church Bibles. Revelation chapter 7, where the Apostle John is seeing revelations from God and particularly what is going on in heaven itself. And so these are people that he sees in heaven who are, of course, those who have knowledge of God and see his glory. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9, where the Apostle John writes, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honour and power and strength be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the centre of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. These are clearly people here in Revelation chapter 7 who have knowledge of the glory of God. They acknowledge the glory of God in the praises that they sing around the throne of God. Now, how did they get there? They've washed. What did they wash in? The blood of the Lamb. They made their garments white in the blood of the Lamb. And that is what happens to every Christian. They are blind in their sin from birth. They do not see the glory of God. Then God approaches in his word and commands them, go and wash, go and wash, go and wash, wash in the pool of Siloam, the one that I have sent, who died in your place, His blood flows freely. If you will wash in it, you will then see the glory of God. And so you do that by repentance and faith. As you turn from your sins, as you acknowledge you're a sinner, you turn from them and you trust that the blood of the Lamb cleanses you from your unrighteousness. As you do that, your eyes are opened and you can see the glory of God in Christ Jesus. And that is what we have done if we are Christians. We have gone, we have washed We now can see. We understand who Jesus is. 
And that is the case for all of us today, that we are supposed to do so. Even children that are here this morning. What did it say about the blind man children? It said that they were, that he was blind from birth. That means that you have been born blind too. And that you too need to wash in Jesus' blood. And if you do so, you will then be able to see the glory of God in Christ Jesus. And so I encourage you to do so. I encourage you to wash in Jesus' blood as well. And then when you see the glory of God, when you understand who he is and as he's revealed himself in Christ Jesus, you can see him and you can worship him and you can see how wonderful and glorious a God he is. And so you can sing along with God's people who have for hundreds of years, sing that old hymn, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise. Most blessed, most glorious, the ancient of days, almighty victorious, thy great name we praise, unresting, unhasting, and silent as light, nor wanting, nor wasting, thou rulest in might, thy justice like mountains high, soaring above, thy clouds which are fountains of goodness and love. You can sing that because your eyes have been opened to the truth about Jesus and the truth about God, and so you can see how glorious he is, how marvellous a saviour he is, how gracious, how loving, how good, how righteous he is. So the question for all of us in this room this morning is, are we spiritually blind? Are we still spiritually blind? Are you still spiritually blind? How do you know if you are? How do you know if you're still in your blindness? Well, the question is, do you trust in Jesus' blood for forgiveness of sins? Do you trust in Jesus' blood for forgiveness of sins? Do you see Christ's glory? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? There's a famous hymn, Hoffman's hymn that he wrote. I um, don't think we sing it at our church. Maybe we should. But it is quite a challenging hymn. What does it say? Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily in the Saviour's si- by the Saviour's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Do you rest each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? When the bridegroom cometh, will your robes be white? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Will your soul be ready for the mansions bright and be washed in the blood of the Lamb? Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed in the blood of the Lamb. And then the chorus, which I've left out as I've been reading each verse, says so clearly, Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? The answer is no. I'm not washed in the blood of the Lamb. Why is that? Why are you not washed in the blood of the Lamb? Is it because you just don't like being told what to do? This man here in John chapter 9, he was obedient. He was told, go, wash, and he did so. And he came home seeing Now, lots of people aren't that obedient, particularly someone that they've only just met. Are you not obedient to many people? Never really were obedient to your parents. You 
rebelled a bit against your teachers, reflect about how some teachers may still think of you today and associate your name with all that is bad in the world. Maybe you like ignoring your boss at work. And as for the police and authorities, you tolerate them. And so naturally, you don't like a preacher like me telling you today to do something, to go and wash in the blood of the Lamb. And you really don't like God himself telling you to wash in the blood of the Lamb, to tell you that you are blind and that you need your eyes opened. Far too often, people are just stubborn and they don't like doing what they're told and they don't like what they're told to do. As we saw with Naaman there in Second Kings chapter 5, He didn't like what he was told to do. He went a great distance to be cured of his leprosy, but when he got there, he just didn't like it. He didn't like the fact that a servant was sent by the prophet. Doesn't he know who I am? Prophet should come and see me himself. And he told me to go wash in one of the filthy rivers of Israel. Are there not better rivers where I come from? Can't I go wash in those? There's a rebellious streak in Naaman that we recognize in our own hearts all too easily. Maybe you recognize in your heart, and that is why you haven't washed in the blood of the Lamb. A more modern example might be a dirty schoolboy. I still remember going on boys' brigade camps, and uh, we went away on one of them, and it was for a whole week, and I didn't wash the whole week. I wore the same clothes pretty much the whole time, and why would I do that? Well, Mum wasn't there to tell me to have a wash, We're out in the country, no one's around, and the boys brigade leader, well, he tried a few times, but eventually gives up. I just didn't like the command. I didn't like being told what to do, and I didn't think I really needed a wash. I mean, I was swimming in the river that was there. You know, do I really need soap? Surely the water cleanses you a bit. I didn't need to wash. But then I reflect now that I needed to wash. My eyes are open to the hygiene levels that we should be having in our lives. And that is the case for you as well. You need to, if you've never washed in the blood of the Lamb, you need to understand that you're being like a stubborn schoolboy. And you do not really understand how blind you actually are and what you're missing out on. The joys that are experienced if you see the glory of God in Christ Jesus. Naaman did wash. Why? Reflected on the fact that he still had leprosy and he wanted the help. And if you understand that you are blind and that you cannot see God in his glory without washing in the blood of the Lamb, without washing as Jesus has commanded you to do, then you will run and wash in the blood of the Lamb so that you can experience the glories of of God revealed in Christ. Now I know many of you in this room have washed in the blood of the Lamb, that you are Christians, that you have had your eyes open to the glory of God in Christ Jesus. But we must recognize that we still have blind spots, that we still don't see Christ in all his fullness. We do not see the glory of God in all its fullness. And we understand that God is infinitely glorious and that Christ is infinitely glorious. And so there's still much more to see of Christ. And so we'd love to have our eyes open more and more to the glory of God. We'd love to see him all the more fully. So what is the advice to you this morning? What is the advice to you to see Christ more fully 
to see God's glory in greater and greater depths. Well, I only have one piece of advice for us in this room, and that's to keep on washing in the blood of the Lamb. Keep on listening to the command of Jesus Christ here. Go wash, go wash, go wash in the pool that I have sent. And how do you do that? Well, you keep on repenting of your sin. You keep meditating upon the blood of Jesus Christ. You keep on saying you're sorry to God for what you've done against him. Your rebellious acts, even in this last week, this last morning, you say sorry to God, and that is a washing in the blood of the Lamb. And as you do that, he will reveal himself to you more and more. I've actually recently started doing this in uh, my prayer time. Well, I have set prayer times each day, but then, well, I have a set time of prayer with Bible reading. But then I, later on in the day, have a time where I only pray prayers of confession. I'm not allowed to ask for anything, which is the natural thing that I do in prayer. Prayers of supplication, they're so easy. Prayers of confession are a bit harder. So I set a timer, I sit down, and I pray only prayers of confession. Sorry for this, sorry for that, reflecting on my life, open up the scriptures, look at the things that I am commanded to do and reflect on how I haven't been doing them and say sorry to God. What am I doing? I'm washing in the blood of the Lamb again and again with each confession, prayer of confession that I make. I'm washing in the blood of the Lamb. And why am I doing that? So that God will reveal himself to me more fully in Jesus Christ. As I reflect on my own sin, I reflect again upon his grace shown to me in Jesus Christ at the cross. And so I can see a little more of how glorious he is. I see a little more of how much of a sinner I am, but I see a little more of how glorious he is. And maybe you might like to start that this afternoon. Take some time this afternoon. Set a timer. That way you don't have to think about, have I, am I done yet or have, is that enough? Just set a timer. Say, I'm going to only pray prayers of confession. Try it this afternoon. Wash in the blood of the Lamb. And as you do that, you will see more of the glory of God. And then one day, we will be able to see his glory in a way that we've never seen before. As we see there in Revelation chapter 7, we get a little glimpse of what the saints are experiencing. Those who have washed in the blood of the Lamb, who have continued to wash their selves in themselves in the blood of the Lamb all their lives. They were there in heaven praising God and seeing the glory of God in a way that we can't comprehend right now, but one day we will. And we will continue to see his glory in new ways for all of eternity. Let's come before God in prayer now. Let's speak with him. Heavenly Father, we praise you for sending Jesus Christ so that he could send us in our blindness to wash in his blood by faith and to see your glory. Oh Lord, we pray that you would help us to continue to wash in the blood of the Lamb and to behold your glory more and more each day as we see Jesus Christ and the work that he did at that cross so many years ago. And we pray this in his name. Amen.